BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Oh, that sounded like the fakest laugh. I'm like, <laughs> we're having such a great time here at What We Said Podcast. I love recording Thanks podcasts. for joining us. Welcome back to the What We Said Podcast with me, Chelsea, and that's JC. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> In my time to shine. And me, JC. Um, this week, okay, first of all, we wanted to start out, first and foremost, before we get into all the good stuff, we wanted to reiterate what this podcast is about. Because some people <laughs> always have so controversial. messed it up. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. We wanted to say that. So in our bio, in our Instagram bio, and in our description of our podcast on the podcast app and on our blog and everywhere. And what we what we originally said when we first thought of a podcast, what we wanted our purpose to be was... To inspire and entertain people. So, like, we did a lot of brainstorming before we started the podcast because... We really felt like we needed a why and what, you know, what are we doing? Like, we, you don't just start a podcast with no, with nothing in mind. Yeah, just like, like, let's talk. Yeah. And so I personally love listening to podcasts. I've said that a million times, but it's something that just like helps me, really helps me get in a good mood in the, like during the day. It just, I don't know. I, I just love them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when we created our podcast, we wanted to just be that outlet for people, like to enter- entertain them and inspire them to hopefully have a better day and just not to, be, to inform them necessarily of or like educate people necessarily. Yeah. So I hope no one thinks that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to say this besides take everything that we say with a grain of salt because we're not saying we're professionals at anything. We talk about such a diverse, um, like range top, of topics. Yeah, range of topics. And so obviously we're not professionals at every single thing we talk about or like rarely doctors. are we. Yeah. yeah. So we just say what we're, our opinions, what we're thinking, what we've heard, what we've read. So take it with a grain of salt. And if you don't like it, you probably shouldn't listen anyways. So, bye. <laughs> oh, the classic me just, oh, Chelsea. Well, um, no, I'm just kidding. But we just wanted to reiterate that we're not here to tell you. We're not school. Yeah. So don't trust every single thing that we say. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're just, I mean, I think a lot of our things or a lot of our topics are kind of educational, I guess, because we're telling people yeah we're just opening up a conversation about it yeah we're opening up a conversation but we're definitely not claiming to be professionals in literally anything like Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the beauty of our podcast is that we're not experts on like 
on really yeah, most of, on, most. not on much. <laughs> so I think that that's kind of, yeah, the cool part about it is that we're just like normal people here with you just chatting. Yeah. Talking to people who know more usually. That's the yeah. beauty of having guests who know more about certain topics than we do. Right. So anyway, we just we're here to, to re- learn just yeah. with you guys. So we just wanted to reiterate that so that you guys know that we are not claiming to be experts at literally anything and we're just hanging out with you. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to be friends. So, okay, Chelsea, you want to get um, – okay, what? Oh, I was going to say we have our quotes for the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Okay. So um, we've done this a couple times, but we wanted to just – we like doing it at the end sometimes, but when we have guests, it's kind of just easier to do at the beginning. So we want to share a little quote or something that we see throughout the week that kind of – Lifts our spirits and share it with you guys. <gasps> I'm scared. Could you literally hear that on the mic? Lady just like flipped out. Screamed. She probably got in trouble. Oh. When she's getting attacked. <laughs> awesome. No, I think Leif's just saying no to no. her probably. Okay, awesome. So happy. Okay, Jacey, um, go first. Wait, can, you ha- can I have my phone? Oh, yeah, sorry. I say it in the mic. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> okay, I will go first. Um... So, the quote that I liked this week is very simple and very straightforward. And, oh, sorry, I need to get to it. I somehow, for some reason, my phone, like, went out of it. Um, so, it's just, if you know you can do better, then do better. And I just, I don't know. I know that that's so simple, simple and, like, seems like, okay, yeah, duh. But I just feel like in the past, I have, like, dated people or been friends with people and it's like I know I can do better but I don't Mm -hmm. know why I just didn't like okay then do better yeah I mean Mm -hmm. I think that's a very simple quote but I hope that that can maybe impact someone who's like in a situation where they're like okay I know I can probably do better but whatever I it's kind of the concept of like I heard this on a podcast actually like a year ago and it seriously helped me so much. I I heard the concept of, or I mean, this girl was talking on the podcast um, that I was listening to and she was like, I feel like I didn't understand the concept of frenemies until I was Mm. like 30 years old. It's like those people you're friends with, but you don't really like them that much actually. And you kind of like don't want to be their friends. I'm like like us. I'm like, (laughs) I mean you. Um, And you're just sticking around for like really who knows why, just because you feel like you have to. You feel obligated, yeah. And she was like, life is too short. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? If you're Bye. in a friendship, a relationship, anything that you just don't like and that the other person is, like, not good for you. Do better. Then do better. Like, it doesn't – I mean, at some point, you have to, like, put yourself first and realize that we inspire so many people that just break up with their significant others. Yeah. Like, I could do better. Yeah. <laughs> but really. No, I mean. but seriously. I mean, and – yeah, I don't know. I, I know just think mean. deep down, you know if you can do better. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's not even to say like, oh, you're that person's a terrible person, but it's like for you personally, what do you need in a friendship or a relationship? And if the other person, if you're doing your part and the other person is like not, or you're just not getting what you need out of it and it's mm-hmm. not a positive thing, then do better. Like you do not have to stick around for people who aren't serving you. Yeah. You know, in a good way. So anyway, I just liked that. It was simple, but I thought, wow, that's so true. So get rid of the toxic yeah. people in your life. Yep. Just cut them out. I agree. That's all you gotta do. And I have cut been it out. so much happier since I've done that. Yeah. Even Chelsea and I were talking about it because um unf or sorry, muting people on Instagram 
wasn't a thing until recently. You could mute people's um, stories, but never their posts. So um, that has been so amazing. I know it sounds dumb because it's like, okay, why not just unfollow them? Which is what I used to do. It just causes. It causes drama when you do that, especially if you're like good friends with the person and then you unfollow them. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, what did I do wrong? Like, cool. But now that you can just mute people, it's so game-changing. I so wish that nice. would have been a thing earlier on. But, like, me and Chelsea have both muted a bunch of people. Seriously. And it's just, like, good I for went your through, mental health. I went through and unfollowed so many people, muted so many people. And you don't realize until you, like, all of a sudden I, I literally thought, why am I happier? And I was like, oh, my gosh, my feed – well, not just in general. But when I was on Instagram, I was noticing that I was having a better time on Instagram – and I noticed it was because I had muted so many people and unfollowed people that just weren't serving me and weren't inspiring me and were kind of just, I don't know, making me not feel good. Yeah. And it's not even like those people are horrible people who are posting negative things. It's just if there is any element to someone where you're comparing yourself or not feeling good about whatever, just mute them for a little while. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. I just think it's good for your mental health to be surrounded by positive people all around. Mm-hmm. And like, it's good to know that you can control that and you can control your experience on all social media channels. So now that yeah. there's like, I feel like there's no excuse to get on Instagram and be like, oh, I just hate following this person. It gives me such bad vibes. It's like, okay, either unfollow them or mute them because that's a thing you can do and that's mm-hmm. something you can control and it's very important to do that if you need to do that oh yeah so anyway i, I think didn't know that, that was is a thing until a couple weeks ago and i did it and i was like oh my gosh this is the best yeah and you can also do that on twitter you can meet people on twitter yeah which i've done i've also. done lots of times um even just for a little bit even if you just need a break for a yeah little bit. um okay so my quote is a year from now you'll be glad you started today Ooh, i love that and i've had so many things I've thought about that, and then I, a year later, I'm like, shoot. <laughs> so I got this app to, like, learn a different language, and I wanted to learn French so bad. This was, like, probably in February, I think. Mm-hmm. And I bought this app, and it was a good amount of money. Like, I bought a whole year worth to learn how to speak any language you want, so I did French. And I was, like, so consistent at it, and I remember I kept telling myself that quote every single day. A year from now, I'll be able to speak decently good French. And then <laughs> he stopped. And awesome. Then, yeah. Three three months later, I like just kind of stopped and I had gone to a good point where my accent was getting a little better and I was super proud of myself. And then I stopped and a month later I realized and I thought of that quote and I was like, okay, I got to start doing it again. I always think of that concept when about working out. Yes. I'm like a year from now, I will be so happy that I started right mm-hmm. now. Even if it hurts so bad yes. and you're so sore. Like I just think about a year from now. Think about a year ago. If you had started then. If you had started something a year ago, what you could have accomplished. And then think of and then think of all the possibilities that you could do in a year. No, that's so good. I actually love that so much. Yeah. You're inspiring me. I'm gonna go to the gym tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move on with this episode today. We have a very special guest, one that I'm particularly excited about. It's my little sister. Her name is Abby Gustafson. If you guys didn't know, that's my maiden name. Did a lot of people growing up call you Gustafson? Yeah, people would always call our house and be like, is Mrs. Gustafson there? And I'm like, nope, sorry, no one here by that name. And then I'd hang up. My mom told me to do that, so. I'm dead. Um, and now I have Wait, a very easy last name. isn't... The concept of home phones, like, so crazy. Do, do, do you still know. have a home phone at your no, house? No, no, okay, no. Yeah. My no. parents got a smartphone just barely two days ago. Oh, really? Their very first smartphone. <gasps> oh, and my mom and dad were Cliff so excited. And Steph. 
If you guys are MVPs and you listen to one of our first episodes, you know my mom used to text with sevens instead of T's because her T thing was broken on her keyboard. Oh and now that doesn't exist anymore and our whole family is ecstatic. That is so funny. Um, but anyways, so Abby, she's two years younger than me. Uh, we, I have wanted her to be on the podcast since we started this because Abby has struggled with anxiety ever since she was a little girl and it's impacted her life in a lot of different ways. Um, but I've also had the honor of watching her kind of learn from it and grow from it. And I've seen her come from like a shy girl that was kind of worrisome all the time. And she still obviously Suffolk is going to struggle with it, but she has come a long way and um so she's gonna talk about that today with us and we wanted to kind of um throw in some facts (laughs) from actual like from website yeah from you know legitimate sources about anxiety disorder and kind of the difference between abby will go in the difference between anxiety and an actual anxiety disorder um okay so Generalized anxiety disorder and the symptoms. I'm just going to read. This is from Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Generalized anxiety disorder is characterized by persistent and excessive worry about a number of different things. People with GAD may anticipate disaster and may be overly concerned about money, health, family, work, or other issues. Individuals with GAD find it difficult to control their worry. They may worry more than seems warranted about actual events or may expect the worst even when there is no apparent reason for concern Um, so that's generalized anxiety disorder um, and then she'll also go into panic disorder panic disorder is diagnosed in people who experience spontaneously oh spontaneous seemingly out of the blue panic attacks and are very preoccupied with the fear of a reoccurring attack panic attacks occur unexpectedly sometimes even when waking up from sleep panic disorder usually begins in adulthood But children can also have panic disorder, and many children experience panic-like symptoms. Uh, Quotations, fearful spell, or quote-unquote fearful spells. Um, And then last but not least, we talk about social anxiety disorder. And these are all still from um, the same Anxiety and Depression, Depression Association of America. The definition or the defining feature of social anxiety disorder, also called social phobia, is intense anxiety or fear of being judged, negatively evaluated, or rejected in a social or performance situation. People with social anxiety disorder may worry about acting or appearing visibly anxious, blushing, stumbling over words, or being viewed as stupid, awkward, or boring. As a result, they often avoid social or performance situations. And when a situation cannot be avoided, they experience significant anxiety and distress. Many people with social anxiety disorder also experience strong physical symptoms such as rapid heartbeat, nausea, sweating, may experience full-blown attacks when, confront, when, confronting, when confronting sorry, a feared situation. Although they recognize that their fear is excessive and unreasonable, people with social anxiety disorder often feel powerless against their anxiety. This is a really important topic for a lot of people because... So many people I know struggle with um, anxiety disorders. Maybe not all three. Abby kind of has all three, unfortunately. And But a lot of people have different ones that come up in different situations. And I don't think a lot of people get help for it. So if you, we just want to preface this by saying, if you do feel like you have uh, anxiety disorder or something, talk to your doctor or talk to someone you trust, get help. 
Because it's a very serious thing, mm-hmm. and it's and it's real is what Abby will go into. Yeah, and I I thought it was really cool just to hear her experience with it because I had no idea that it could be that severe and that it was that severe for her. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I mean, you guys will hear everything, but I just think that it's something. I mean, it, mental health is getting a lot more. What's the word I'm looking for? It's just not as taboo as it used to be, yeah. I think, which is amazing. I think it's cool that there's been so much awareness being brought to it recently in the past few years of social media. Um, I think that's really cool. So mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah, we're just adding to that. Yes. So without further ado, here's Abby. Ready? One, two, four. One, two, three, four. Okay, you guys. Uh, we're here with our special guest. This is my baby sis, Abby Gustafson. For those of you who don't know, that's my maiden name. Say it fast ten times. I dare you. Go. <laughs> You're telling me to. I'm so scared of me. Silent and fear. Scary. Abby, how old are you? I am 21 years old. 21 years old, and she's getting over a sore throat or something, right? <clears throat> or what? Yep. I don't know what, even. She's I don't know lost either. her voice. She's I had an allergic reaction, and it hurt my throat. Oh, to what? So, don't know. That's what's <laughs> frustrating. Awesome. Abby has a lot of like Abby has issues. a lot of issues. <laughs> no, she has a lot of stomach issues and like allergies and I don't even know what. Wait, have you gone Me to the either. doctor to get like tested? Yep, I got an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. Oh, at the same time with the same camera. <laughs> Wait, just <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, did it come back with any results? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to get into this. Oh my god, are you allergic? <laughs> the lining of her stomach is deteriorating. Oh, that's horrible. I'm I got, just kidding. I, I don't got, know what it. Well, was that's it kind of like it. That? Kind of. It just I have sores in my insides. Oh, that's so sad. I'm like, wow, that's what the podcast <laughs> episode is about today. No, I was gonna say I got like an allergy test when I was younger. So I have severe allergies, not to foods, but to like animals and like just grass plants and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, and um. Like, it's very clear that I have allergies to dogs and cats. Whenever I get around a cat or whatever, my eyes swell up and I, like, can't see anything. Whatever. So I went to the doctor and they did, like, a test. I think they scratch stuff on your back or something. Like, they do oh, little samples. Oh, uh-huh. I've seen that. It was forever ago. And they're like, great news. She's not allergic to anything. I'm like, all right, this is for sure <laughs> rigged. Because whenever I touch a cat, I literally cannot see. Like, my eyes get so swollen, literally swollen shut. Oh, my gosh. So. I remember you were at my house one time in high school and you ate literally half a watermelon and you're like by the way i'm allergic to watermelons I'm like, cool i'm gonna take you to the freaking no ER. oh, i'm allergic to like watermelon and strawberries but it's not severe it's just i get like bumps on my lip and they last for like 30 minutes or something oh. it's not a big deal but it is kind of annoying it was just funny. allergies like, i'm allergic and like that literal whole half of the watermelon was gone I'm like cool. i love watermelon it's like my two favorite fruit i'm like yeah. cool anyway um okay so wait what's the age gap between you guys then Two years. Two years. So. (laughs) So Chelsea's 23 and Abby's 21. And we're right next to each other. So, like, obviously, it would be hard for another kid to fit in the middle of us. But we have two older brothers. Our family is kind of funny because it's nice because it kind of, like, goes in twos. So there's two boys, then two girls, and then two boys below us. And they're kind of little pairs because I feel like. There's, like, Lad and Clay, my older brothers, and me and Abby, and then Cole and Jess. But sisters, (laughs) sisters. So we're in the middle of all boys. That's fun. I wish I had a sister. I'm sad. (laughs) We're like, yeah. Sorry, Casey. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we're just gonna first of all, we wanted to talk about Abby has anxiety disorder. I feel like Chelsea's about to make a joke. Um, <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to. If you <laughs> listen to, to her say other it carefully, one, yeah. she's like, Abby has. <laughs> How do I say it? Do I want people to know? <laughs> um, no, I don't care that people know. Are you kidding me? Um, Chelsea's a very sarcastic person. As we've mentioned before, her whole family is very sarcastic. Yeah, it's really hard for so before us, we started this episode, I said, I have a feeling this is going to be very hard for us to not make jokes all the time. <laughs> well, for you guys to not Yeah, make if jokes. you listen to our Q&A um, episode, I was answering how we make jokes about literally everything. And it's it's very rare that we're like sentimental and... Serious. show our feelings my yeah. mom my mom is really good at it but yeah. my dad and like all my brothers since we're surrounded by brothers i feel like me and abby just toughed it out our entire lives and so we kind of it's a defense mechanism yeah it really is though <laughs> and so it's hard for like our family but when we do it's hard for our family to like express emotions but when we do it's like water it's like crazy yeah. overly we're emotional sobbing yeah it's like nick was there one time and he's like this is weird <laughs> He's like, everyone's crying. Like, my dad, my older brothers, everyone's sobbing. But anyway, so we grew up. Um, did we fight a lot when we were little? I think, I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember fighting like crazy, but I remember I was terrified of Abby, even though I'm the older sister. Physically, I think she was more emotionally terrified of me. Because <laughs> I would do something to Abby to make her mad and she would like get these angry eyes. And she has really beautiful, curly, big hair. And especially when she was little, just kind of wild. So she would like get these this look in her eye and I'm like, I'm screwed. <laughs> and I just run up to my room, lock the door. And I remember I would chase you on all fours up the stairs. Yeah, like a freaking horror Like a lion. Yeah. But, you guys could not be... Well, I think you actually do look similar, but... Yeah. I think it's mostly the hair that could not be more opposite. I know. Oh, here's the other thing is growing up. So Abby has like olive skin, tan. And I'm not kidding. We, well, obviously, if you go on our Instagram, you'll see a picture because we'll post a picture of her. But um, she has like curly hair. Like, ringlets. Yeah, like ringlets hair. And my hair is pin straight. Stick straight. Like cannot hold a curl to save its life. And so... I was a very ugly baby <laughs> and Abby was a beautiful baby. And so my mom would take us around and, she, and Abby had curly hair and she was little. So just imagine this like tan curly headed baby. And then me, I had no hair until I was like five and I was fat and white, pasty skin. Hmm, and we'd be sitting pasty skin? <laughs> I'm like ugly pasty skin. No. And, um, so we'd be sitting next to each other big, oh, your little daughter is so beautiful. Look at that hair. And then big, and your son is cute too. And mom's like, oh, they're both girls. I'm sure people are just like, oh, wow. Have fun with that. But anyways, so um, we're like similar, but not. Like we, we have similar interests and similar humor, but in a lot of ways we're very different. Yeah. I'm like, actually, we're exactly the same. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it. No, so growing up, we had the same friends. Luckily, if I had a best friend, she would have a little sister. Like, that happened a couple of times. Yeah. And so we'd all hang out. But obviously, as an older sister, if you're an older sister, you know, you get annoyed with your younger sister trying to follow you everywhere and do everything you do. And now I think it's reverse, where I always try to hang out with Abby, and she's, like, too cool for me. <laughs> I'm, like, crying. <laughs> she's too cool for me. Um, I think everyone who meets... Or knows me and then meets you. They say we 
kind of look the same, but then we also have the exact same kind of voice and mannerisms. Yeah, we do. Our hands are the exact same. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. I think we, we have, have a mole in the same place on our foot and on our hands. Yeah, and I, I don't have one on my foot. Everyone else in our family has one on my foot except for me because I'm adopted apparently. <laughs> and, definitely, yes. and definitely when you guys talk or make jokes, you definitely have the same mannerisms. Yeah, sure. yeah that's true. I'm like she got trying it from so me. hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like from your perspective, from the first your first memories that you can remember or just growing up in general. So I don't... I don't really recall all of these things, but I was talking to my mom and she's always told me that since I was in elementary school, she would get a call from the nurse almost every single day in like fourth grade through sixth grade, like every day. And it, I would always be in the nurse's office, like having a panic attack, but I wouldn't feel like I was having a panic attack. Like I didn't know, oh, I'm having a panic attack. Let me go to the nurse's office. Cause I want my mommy. It was, I thought I was dying. It was like this weird sickness that I felt every single day so explain because I don't think I don't even really know but what exactly is a panic attack explain because you obviously know because you've had them for people who haven't ever had a panic attack because I don't know if I've ever actually had a panic attack explain what that is if you can um so there's different kinds of panic attacks I mean they're all the same but people have different symptoms of them Mm -hmm. so some people when they have a panic attack it's like their heart is pounding out of their chest and they can't breathe and they think that they're dying and sometimes they go numb and stuff for me it's it's I feel the numbness my heart doesn't pound it just feels like someone if you've watched a movie and someone's drinking at a party or something and everything is quiet and they're or they're on they like I don't know took got drugged or something and everything's quiet and like the sounds really muffled and stuff and they can look around the room and everything's like in slow motion and they feel so inside of themselves. That plus this panic feeling. Because what a panic attack is, is it's, it comes out of nowhere and it just feels like your body's trying to attack something that's not there. So if you're, oh wow, that's I don't know, a good it's like in a, it. that's so like interesting. if you're in a plane crash and after your body knows what's happening, and so it goes into a panic survive mode. But so panic attacks are like your body goes into that mode. Oh, like fight or flight. Kind yeah. Of thing. But it's, but it, there's no reason that it does that. It just, it's just a weird chemical thing that all of a sudden it just shoots it. And then all of a sudden you get all this energy. That's hmm. so interesting. Yeah. So that, so do, you don't have memory of that happening when you were younger. You've just been told that or you kind of remember that? I kind of remember that a little bit in like fifth and sixth grade. But okay. I don't remember being that young, but my mom just told me, and I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I do remember you not going to school a lot when you were in elementary school. Yeah, I remember. Didn't you, like, not go to basically your entire third grade year or something? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's yeah. just what mom tells me, is that I, I just was like always you were sick. just very, not in a mean way, but I do remember you always being a very worried child. Very nervous yeah. about yeah, things. Yeah, nervous, scared. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that sums it up. All right. <laughs> She's like, thanks a lot. No, don't, people don't really understand, though, what anxiety actually is. Because even I still am, oh, it's just anxiety. But not, in everyone's mind, they kind of think, oh, it's just anxiety. Like, just calm yourself down. Like, take yeah. a chill pill. 
that's my fave. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you get like, lots just of... take a chill pill. I'm like, okay, this is the thing. Well, if you don't know what it is, it does kind of sound foolish. Like if, if you don't have anxiety disorder where you have a chemical imbalance in your brain and like the the signals that it sends off, if they're not in like the normal, if you're not normal, the like normal <laughs> brain stuff. I yeah. Um, I have some information about it that's like the science behind it but that's basically what it is in simpler terms um if you don't have it it's hard to really kind of get in someone else's brain and understand someone who has actual anxiety disorder because Mm -hmm. if you don't have it and you see someone having a panic attack it's just like what the heck is wrong with you like if yeah you you literally I literally think like just calm down like just start breathing normally yeah it's it's like, like it they think so ignorant but you're just being too worrisome and you're doing it on purpose for like attention that's why I always didn't want to tell anyone because or act out or anything if I had a panic attack I would try to be so calm and not let anyone know even though I was dying on the inside yeah because it's just it, you just feel dumb because it's not something that you can really explain to people like you're not going to get into the science behind it when you're yeah. like especially when you're younger and be yeah. like well this is why so wait wait when did you I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead but when did you get diagnosed or like when did you actually figure out that this was anxiety did your mom know that it was anxiety when you were young or how did you figure that out um so our grandma she our mom's mom our mom's mom yeah she had she has anxiety and I think hers is worse than mine and my mom's too. Um, and so she, when she was growing up, she had it her whole life and she had no idea what it was because back then they didn't really know that there was an actual chemical Or imbalance. talk about it, yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't, no one was aware of it. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people had it. They just thought they were dying because they don't know if it's an actual physical thing that's wrong with them or if it's, they just didn't know. And so my grandma always thought she was dying. And she's like, I feel so sick. Like, I literally can't get out of bed. And I'm not making this up. And so she felt so awful because she was like, no one gets it. And then doctors would be like, no, you're fine. You're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And she's like, okay, well, what the heck's wrong with me, you know? Yeah, I remember my mom saying something that when she was growing up and she would remember her mom, she'd be like, I don't know. I didn't know. I just remember my mom being in bed and me being like, I don't know if she's going to live. She's acting like she's dying. Like, I don't know if I'm going to see her again. But she was physically fine. I mean, to a degree. To well, a yeah, degree. she didn't have, like, some She didn't have some crazy illness, disease. But. Like, so she kind of started doing research about anxiety or, like, she started looking up things. I don't remember exactly what – she told me once. I don't remember exactly what she said. She just said she was reading in a magazine or something once. And it was, like, one sentence, and she's like, wait, I think that's what I have. And so she started doing research, and then she's now read lots of books – and other things about anxiety so she told my mom what it was because my mom had a little bit of anxiety and then my mom told me so since I was in like seventh grade my mom has told me that she thinks I have anxiety okay yeah but it wasn't till like I don't know three years ago where I was I was at the doctors and they were like yeah you have anxiety so you knew when you were 13 that you had this disorder called anxiety that it was you didn't feel as crazy yeah so that's the thing that was the hardest I think is because I always felt because everyone would call me little anxiety girl and like make and call me weak and a baby and stuff like that and I would feel so bad because you mean your family 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, really, our family did call her anxiety. Well, because if you don't, ex- like, understand it, you're probably just like, Kate, you're a baby. Yeah, and Suck no one else up. in my family has it except for my mom and Abby. And so, I mean, maybe they do, but they definitely aren't going to show it in our family. <laughs> they will get attacked. Yeah. <laughs> They've seen it happen to Abby, so they are masking it. <laughs> um, okay, so in fourth grade, um, my... This is so dumb sounding. So my friend, we were playing the recorders and we were doing a concert. Oh, and she, we all remember the recorders. And she did you play recorders in <laughs> yeah fourth grade? Yes. Oh so my gosh! Funny. And you could play different songs with like yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally four notes. Yeah. We were playing the recorder and my friend who's right by me, she passed out and kind of like had a little seizure on the floor. Oh. And we were standing up. This is a big deal for me. Because I'm in fourth grade. It's just scary to see your friend right by you pass out and like kind of start seizing on the floor a little bit. Yeah. And so from that point on, standing up and singing or performing in any way, standing up was like a trigger for me that I still to this day, I cannot help but be feel this panic when I stand up to do anything, like to sing or to perform or to even public speak for the first few seconds. My mind automatically goes into this place. And in life of sheer panic. And so, but I love singing. And so I refuse to let that, I don't know, stand in my way. So when we get to seventh grade, fast forward, and I joined choir because I wanted to sing. I like singing. And so every day in choir class, when our teacher, I don't remember his name. Mr. Chilton. Mr. Chilton. Wait, I had him as my choir teacher. Oh, yeah, because you went to South Valley. Yeah. I love him. Wait, how did you have him? What? I'm like, <laughs> Inception. Inception. Because we're literally the same age. And, no, and Gilbert, he taught at both schools. Oh. <gasps> Wait, so, um, never mind. He taught at South Valley and at, and at Gilbert Jr. Oh, that's funny. Like, at the same guy. time. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's so funny. He's so funny. And he knew it was up because every single day I would, right when he would ask us to start standing and singing, I'd be fine if I was sitting down and we were singing, but he'd ask us to stand and sing. And I would immediately be like, can I go to the bathroom? Because I would be so scared. And I'd wake up every single morning throughout 7th and 8th grade and be petrified every single day to go to choir practice because I knew he was going to ask us to stand and sing. And I couldn't help but panic. And I felt so dumb about it. But I would go, this is very sad, I would go into the bathroom, in junior high bathroom, which is not the safest feeling place. No, it's very gross. And I would sit in the stall and I would literally cry. I would just sit in the stall and cry and try to get out of this, like, this weird panic thing because I didn't know what was wrong with me. Because, you know, people tell you you have anxiety and stuff, but when other people make fun of you for it and saying you're being a baby, you're like, okay, I am being a baby, but, like, I can't help this. Like, I'm trying so hard to not panic, but my body just sends me into this panic thing. And so that happened every single day, and I joined choir again in eighth grade, and it did the same thing. So what about at concerts? Oh, I... Like, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I would. Just stick yes, it out? I would, cause I, and I would be so scared. I would dread the concert days because the moment I would get on stage, the lights would, like, go be going everywhere, and I would get all dizzy, but I was like, okay, I have to do this, I have to do this because I want to sing. And so I'd mouth all the words. I would never sing because I was scared if I let any kind of oxygen out because I couldn't <laughs> breathe. Oh, my god! <laughs> I would pass out. So I'd mouth all the words. 
And I would always, my mom would always be, she she just knows my little, like, people who have. You guys are on the same wavelength. Yeah. And, and yeah. so there are certain things that I do when I get anxious and I'm having a little panic attack is my hand flies up to my face because my hand's cold. And so I put my hand on my face because it feels good, you know, because I get really hot. Or I would bend my knees because I was scared I was going to pass out because I would feel like I was going to pass out. It wasn't just like I was scared I was going to. I would feel like, like you were black. Yeah. yeah. So you really do feel it. And so, yeah, that was concerts for the freaking worst. But then I'd be done with it and I'd feel really good about myself. But it was also just never enjoyable ever to do the concerts. Oh, my but. gosh. So I don't remember that. Well, obviously, I didn't go to junior high with you, but. I just never told anyone. It's yeah. something like, guess what hey. I did today? <laughs> I hey cried guys. in the bathroom. <laughs> I cried in the junior high bathroom because I'm yeah. scared to stand up. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that is really sad, actually. That's like proof, though, that you're not just making it up to like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, why would you put yourself through that every day? That's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you also, I'm like, you also have social anxiety. <laughs> the part of, of your anxiety that I remember growing up is like, more of the social anxiety where I would, like, you were pretty shy growing up, were you not? Yeah. You're not was, shy at all anymore, but. Yeah. At home, I don't feel like I was ever shy, but then. No, but, like, out in public. Like, I remember you would, I mean, we would get along at home, but then the second I remember you invite me to hang out with your friends ever. Yeah. And I was so excited and I wanted to, like, be friends with them and be cool, but the second I would get there, I would be. It's so weird because I'd want to jump in the conversation, but I can't. There's like a mental block where I can't say words. Like I just don't want to talk because I, it's like so hard for me to just t open my mouth and talk. Yeah. I would always tell people, I'd be so funny and all this outgoing. And you then we'd get out. You said that about me? <laughs> I'm like, not to anyone else. No, I'm just kidding. But I would. And then I'd bring you with all my friends. And, and I never talked. And you just wouldn't say a word. <laughs> I remember Abby being shy. Like, I remember yeah. thinking that you were shy, for sure. No, I think the hard part is for for you is that you're very pretty and you're very stunning. So you're already intimidating. And I think on top of that, when you're shy, because people have come up to me and be like, oh, I tried to talk to Abby, but she just didn't. Like, she wouldn't look yeah, at me and she I'm wouldn't. very mean sometimes. Yeah, be like, she, it didn't look like she wanted to talk to me. Like, she just would look away and ignore me. And I'd have to explain, I'm like, oh, she just has a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> She's, she doesn't hate you, I promise. She's just a little bit shy. Like, she just really actually can't do it. Yeah. So, kind of talk about that, um, like, having social anxiety. Because in high school, did it affect you that much? Because I feel like you had friends in high school. Yeah. Like, I feel like you had a good group of friends. Yeah, I did. It. It's weird because... It, I go through these motions in my head when I first, okay, this happened every single day of high school. So I went to Gilbert High School, which is here in Gilbert, Arizona, and there's this huge hall. So right when you walk in, you both went there, you know, like mm -hmm. Gilbert Hall, when you walk in and like the tables are right there. When yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. So every time I'd walk in, I would hear everyone's talking and like, I just felt the pressure of like, oh crap, I'm going to have to socialize and stuff. And I would kind of panic. But it was like a shot of, I don't know, just sheer terror terror through my body. And I would, if you've seen Riverdale, you know how the Betty girl, she like clenches know, her she, fist. She clenches her fist and she kind of stabs herself with her nails. I would do that, but I'd be holding onto my bag and I would clench the bag so hard because it was like, it was kind of stabilizing me in a way. And it would happen every single day I'd walk into school and I'd be like, what the heck is wrong with me? And then. 
I would calm down and it would kind of go away and then it was easier for me to be social. So right off the bat, it's hard for me to talk, but then once... You're more comfortable. Yeah. You can, or once it kind of... Once the panic kind of goes down and gets out of my system, then I, I'm usually pretty fine with it. Yeah, because you were telling me, like, it's hard for you to physically get the words out. Like, it's not that you yeah. just, like, don't know what to say. You have things that you want to say, and then you just physically, it's like there's something blocking your mouth that you, yeah. it won't come out. Yeah, I remember thousands of times I'd want to jump in the conversation. Like, I'd have something funny to say or, I don't know, something to add to the conversation, and I just couldn't open my mouth to say the words because it just something was like blocking me. I don't I don't really know exactly. That's just how it felt. How it felt. Okay, I have like a social anxiety disorder facts for you. Do we want to read the definitions or? Oh yeah, here I'll just I'll just talk about all of them because okay. I have them all right here. So, um, generalized anxiety disorder. Um, well, this is kind of more statistics, not really facts about it right now, but. Um, generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults or 3% of the U.S. population, yet only 43% are receiving treatment. Women are twice as likely to be affected as men, and generalized anxiety disorder often co-occurs with major depression. Um, panic disorder. So panic disorder affects 6 million adults, 2.7% of the U.S. population, and women are twicely, twicely, are twice, oh, twicely is a word. Okay, we got cut this out because people are going to be like, she's dumb. <laughs> yeah, we're about to get more one-star yeah. reviews. Keep, keep it moving. Um, women are twice as likely to be affected as men. Um, and then social anxiety disorder affects 15 million adults. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I would think that like generalized anxiety would be more common than social anxiety. but Or 6.8% of the U.S. population. Um, <laughs> social anxiety disorder, like the acronym is SAD. <laughs> Oh, Chelsea, why are you laughing? Because it's just... <laughs> it's funny. Because it's social... Yeah, anyways. That's so it's just like, sad is equally common among men oh. and women and typically begins around age 13. According to a 2007 ADA survey, 30%, 36% of people with social anxiety disorder report experiencing symptoms for 10 or more years before seeking help. Wow. That's so crazy to me. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Even though my mom would tell me I had anxiety, you just feel like you're going crazy. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, does I it, have anxiety. But does it just, almost feel like there's nothing that I can do to help? It's like, what's going to – that's just how yeah. I am. And you just kind of accept it, which is not – you don't have to do that. You don't just let it control you. In your whole life. But you can't – I don't not have anxiety anymore. I will have it my whole life. So what are the symptoms so people know? Okay, so this is the de- like some of the symptoms for all anxiety disorders because they all share the same general sh- symptoms. Um, so they're just bullet points. I'm just going to read the bullet points. Panic, fear, and uneasiness, sleep problems, not being able to stay calm and still. And for that one, if you... You definitely do that. Yeah. You're always fidgeting. <laughs> and people, I don't, I don't think I have ADHD. I think that's just I have anxiety and so I... I feel like the world is moving so fast around me for some reason all the time. And so I feel like I have to move or else I'm, I don't know, I'm going to get sucked into it or something. Um, it's weird. <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> just looks at like, <laughs> Chelsea looks at me like so alarmed. Like, <laughs> um, we're cold, sweaty, numb, or tingling hands or feet, shortness of breath, 
heart palpitations, dry mouth, nausea, tense muscles, and dizziness. So those are the symptoms, kind of just general symptoms for all of the different... Like, that's kind of what anxiety is, right? And then... Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's the general symptoms for all of the different anxiety disorders. So whether it's social or panic or anything, those are the general things that you feel. Okay. So I remember... So my mom also has anxiety, so she was telling me this story about how... Well, she also says that the reason she thinks Abby has anxiety is because after she was born is when she had a lot of anxiety. Chelsea. After or Chelsea. Mom, Sorry, yeah. No, I didn't mean Chelsea. I meant your mom had yeah, a lot yeah. of anxiety. My mom had a lot of anxiety. Well, after me and Abby's mom. After giving birth. Yeah, after giving birth to Abby because um, – so she's always like, I think that's why Abby has had such bad anxiety. Um, but she would say that she would take us on walks. So she would, like, put Abby in her stroller and – put me and my brothers like on scooters and bikes or whatever <laughs> and she would start to walk outside like on this walks so we're all excited and then she said 10 steps into it she would have to like have Poop. diarrhea <laughs> like she would like have a panic attack and kind of like feel like she has to go diarrhea really bad and and she like go inside like every single time that she would try and take us on a walk or something or go out with us to the store she said she would take us to the store she was so afraid she was going to die while she was out with us and we were just going to be left there, like these four kids just like alone and she would just die somewhere that she could never take us out anywhere. She was always terrified and she would try and she would push us around in the car and then all of a sudden she would, her face would go numb and she'd have to go to the bathroom really bad and she'd have like a panic attack so she'd just have to leave. Oh my goodness. And she's like, I would take you, like we'd go 10 steps on the walk and I'd be like, okay, guys, we have to go back. And all of us would be like, oh, man, I thought you were going to take us on a walk. Like, we all mad. Like, come on, mom. We're going to ride our bikes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Kind of tell us about after, because you're 21 now. So you've been out of high school for a couple of years. And you've had some experiences since then. So how is, like, in wait, your wait, adult wait. life? Wait, wait, I feel like we didn't talk about your friend. Like, I said, you did have good friends in high school. So was it oh, hard yeah. for you to like make those friends or do you feel like you just have to be around people a lot and then you get comfortable or what how did that work that's still something that I am so bad at is making friends especially girlfriends because I'm not very I'm not I'm friendly I'm really nice and I'm not judgmental at all I'm super I do not dislike a single human being but people think that I do because when they talk to me I'm not like all bubbly and like, yeah, I don't because I get mm-hmm. scared and I freeze, and so people just assume that I'm a brat or something. That's probably that my really least puts a damper on making favorite. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everyone just yeah, so it's it's honestly pretty hard now. Still, I have to when I'm at church or somewhere and someone comes and talks to me, I would prefer that. They see this is when it sounds mean when I prefer they don't because I don't want them to think that I mean. Does that yeah. make sense? Because I don't yeah, want to you have just don't to, want to talk to them. Yeah, I just get scared and nervous, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm just awkward and, or maybe I'm just awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out you're just actually awkward. But it's funny because you're really good at public speaking, and like even when we were little, I would get so nervous before we would go up and sing somewhere or something, and I'd be like shaking the whole time. But you would be perfectly fine, and I'd be like, "This is weird because you have anxiety and I don't. So why am I getting nervous?" But I think that's the difference between anxiety and being nervous is I think what you were saying is a lot of people think that being nervous, like having those feelings is the same thing of like, oh, I have anxiety. 
Yeah. The actual disorder. Yeah, there's an actual disorder of anxiety. People can experience those symptoms Symptoms. in different places. Yeah. Yeah. When when needed, like you said. Yeah. Can we please talk about when us three tried to sing? in and seminary. seminary. Oh, I so forgot. Seminary is a class in high school. Um, it's a like religious a religious class. class. And Chelsea, Abby, and I, uh, I don't know why. We, we, did we volunteer? Did we get picked on? Like someone, we I had to sing a song. It was like extra credit. It was like the final or something. We had to do something. Oh, yeah. It was the final, wasn't it? I don't we sang know. in two different of the classes. We sang in three of the classes. And we didn't. You guys, <laughs> any it them. was... <laughs> Like, when I think back to that moment, I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no way. humiliating. So, well, let's tell them what happened. So, we wanted to sing a song. I was going to play guitar. JC and Abby and I were going to sing. And Abby was holding the paper for us, which really set us (laughs) off. Because we get up the first class. Okay, there was four different classes happening. Or three different classes happening at the same time. In the same building. So, we were going to go to each one and do it. And we get up for the first one. Abby's holding the paper and she's shaking and the paper is like visibly <laughs> shaking. We can't read the words. We can't read the words. We're all so nervous. So we start singing and we start <laughs> dying laughing because it was so funny that Abby's like, the paper was going, I can't play the guitar because my fingers are shaking I think we're just people so that can't bad. take something so seriously altogether. So it was just funny. It was a horrible combination. It was horrible. But the thing is, like, when we practiced, I thought it sounded, like, great. Yeah, it was good. And we are like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then we got up, and yeah, Abby's hand was shaking. We couldn't read the words. Chelsea couldn't play guitar, so we just started laughing because what else are you going to do? Yeah. And then the, the thing is, we laughed in every single class didn't we <laughs> did it get better no 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 i think it it either got progressively worse or progressively better because in one of them we were laughing so hard and do it we, we just finish. had to sit down halfway through like we did not finish the song very defeating and then moment. the second i think the second one we lasted even a little bit longer and then the last time we were like you guys before we go in here we cannot laugh <laughs> but sure enough we laughed i think we made it through the last one yeah. But it wasn't good. But it's <laughs> that it's that thing where you just I can't, can't that stop now. laughing. Yeah. Like, I don't know what came over us, but we're like, we couldn't. And once one of us so started, bad. it was just game over. It was so embarrassing. And yeah. everyone, it I mean, really was really embarrassing. thought it was funny, I think, but we were just like, okay, there's no way that we... I think the teachers were super annoyed with us. Yeah, they're they like, just guys, were tyrants. get it like together. Gospel yeah. song, and we're like laughing through it. Yeah, it was Come Thou awesome. Found, and I think that's like a pretty universal song. Yeah. And we're like, Come Thou Found. Up. And then we I just crack up. Me and JC both blame it on Chelsea. Do you remember saying that? We're both like, Chelsea. Like, it's <laughs> her know. fault that. Because she wouldn't I'm play shaking. guitar. I know. And so we'd be like, yeah, we would just anyway. blame it on her because it was the most comfortable thing to do in I'm that like, situation. When that theme has continued, and every time something goes bad in the podcast, JC goes, Chelsea. <laughs> the classic. Uh, anyway. Yeah, anyway. So I guess bad. sometimes you do get nervous in public, Abby, because you were shaking. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm not perfect. <laughs> Anyways, keep. Um, sorry, we jumped back for a little bit, but go on to your experiences after high school and kind of how. Is that. Am I wrong that that's kind of when it was like the worst or. I think so because I never wanted to accept the fact that I actually had anxiety because I don't know it's like embarrassing and I've gone I've told people in my life that I have anxiety and I just I instantly know what they think is that okay it's not real like Mm -hmm. people have told me that to my face and nothing feels worse than that because I hate being selfish and so I feel like because I have these things 
that make me feel selfish because I, I don't know, I go into myself and I don't want to go into myself, but I can't, I physically can't help it. And so when people tell me that it's not like real or that I'm just being dramatic, it hurts me because I know that people in other places in the world are struggling with real physical things like deaths in the family or like they don't have food on the table. So I I never want to complain about anxiety because it's in my freaking head. It's my fault. And so I think that's why I was struggling with with anxiety so bad because I blamed myself so much on why I felt so crappy that I had it. Yeah, you feel and like I felt guilty. dumb. Yeah. Well, and it's like Chelsea was saying in your episode where you talked about your eating disorder, kind of the similar thing where you're like, y- you had a problem, clearly, like mm-hmm. there was an issue, but you almost, yeah, you felt selfish. I remember you saying you felt selfish because you're like, there are people who have these hard problems, like you just mm-hmm. said, and I'm over here like complaining, complaining about this, about little, this thing. little thing, but it is when it's in your head and when it's this real thing to you, it's like. There is an issue and it does need to be like addressed. taken care of and addressed. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah, that's a completely real emotion. I think a lot of people feel when they have their problems. It's like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like, that is a good way to get out of your head. But at the same time, you have to address it and like, yeah. help yourself. Well, I just saw this quote, which I kind of liked. I liked and disliked for different reasons. But it was something about the the quote that you always hear, like someone always has it worse. And the quote that I read was saying, that's not always like a good thing to think because mm. you sometimes you do have problems that, like I said, need to be addressed and like they are real. So it's almost makes discounting. Makes you feel like insignificant. Yeah, it makes you feel insignificant and like you're just discounting. Okay, I shouldn't think about any of my problems because people have it worse. It's like, well, yeah, it's probably true. But also, yeah, y- you do have real pro- Everyone has real problems and you shouldn't feel selfish for like wanting yeah. to take care of them. So after I graduated... I had like a few months where I, I was fine because I I tended to distract myself with parties and things that I didn't I didn't have to really think. I just kind of went numb, I guess. Cause anxiety does like lead to depression because you're so in your head and you can't get out of it. And I never really accepted the fact that I had anxiety and wanted to help myself because I felt dumb about it. But I decided to go on an LDS mission, which I, you guys have explained what that is. Yeah, m- multiple people have mentioned it, but it's a two-year – well, for girls, it's 18 months mission for our church um, that you basically go and serve and – I mean, Preach you went on one, so I don't know how to explain yeah. it better than than that. But um, Yeah, so you had a, I had to take a test thing about if I was, like, mentally stable enough to go, and I, I remember I didn't – I felt like I wasn't, like, okay enough to go. What kind of test? A, like it's a just literal like, thing you're writing out or someone's talking to you? It's like, it's a, it's like, like an someone's talking to you, like an evaluation. And I was fine. We're like, hey, you're fine. And I felt okay. But I just knew deep down, I think I knew that I never addressed it. And I never went to therapy. I never really told anyone and talked about it and made it a big deal because I just didn't want to make it a big deal because I was embarrassed by it. Well, and you probably thought it would go away, right? Yeah. Like on your mission. And I thought it was just, I was being dramatic and it, I, I think it just didn't sink in that it was a real thing that that's just how I'm going to be my whole life. And I, it wasn't like an accept, accepting thing. It was like a sad, I hate myself kind of seriously. Like this is what I'm going to have to deal with. And I'm so dramatic and I can't help it kind of a feeling. 
But then I went on my mission. Everything was fine. I actually didn't have a lot of anxiety on my mission. I think God was nice and blessed me with not having panic attacks all the time. But there was a few weeks where I got really anxious all the time. And this is when it really hits home because this is, I got sick on my mission, you know, with actual physical I had stomach ulcers and stuff like that, but I also, it had to do with my mental health. And I remember one day I was on my mission and we were at a baptism, which I'm I'm sure everyone kind of knows what a baptism is in any church, but we were at a baptism and one of, it was the mission president's wife. So the mission mission president is the the guy who's in charge of the the whole whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, he he takes care of everyone, yeah. And, but it was his wife and she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm good. You know, the normal, everything's fine. The mask. And I felt like deep down, I knew that she knew that I needed to talk to her. And she was like, okay, but like, sister, how are you really doing? And I had a companion at the time, shout out to my companion. And she kind of told her some of the things that was going on and stuff. Cause I wasn't going to say it. Because I didn't want to make it a big deal. What things were going on? That you were physically sick? Just that, uh, yeah. She oh. told her like the physically sick thing. Because I yeah. would, TMI, but I would throw up all the time, just acid and stuff. And I would just feel so sick. And uh, so she told her all of that. And then I remember she, the mission president's wife, her name is Sister Smart. She looked at me and she said, do you have anxiety? And it's funny because my companion never even mentioned anxiety. And neither did I, and I never told her really at all ever mention the word anxiety, but she asked me that, and I just kind of felt like she understood somehow because I always felt like my stomach issues tied into my anxiety because they can't intertwine because, I don't know, if your body's constantly fighting something that's not there, it's going to fight something else, which is your insides, you know? Not good for you. Well, and your gut is where you hold like a lot of emotional things I've heard as well. And especially when you get stressed, like your stomach acid reflux, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I said, yeah. And then she started sobbing and she was like, okay, well, what did you do at home to cope with your anxiety and to like deal with it? And I told her that I never really took time to, I don't know, focus on it because I always felt like it was a weakness. And and I was embarrassed by it because I felt like it really made me weak because people would basically call me weak and a baby and so I never really feel like I deserved to really help myself and focus on myself and she and so I told her all these things that I did to cope with it which was going to parties and hanging out with people and kind of distracting myself and I told her I did yoga because I do yoga and she starts crying even more and she's like I literally do the exact same things and that's what I did when I was younger and so I started talking to her more and I would call her and that was the first time I ever felt like my anxiety was real and that it was okay that I had it. And that, now this isn't like a, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is like a church thing, but I like felt like God was like, it's okay that you have anxiety and you're not weak. It's okay that you're not okay. And it's okay to love yourself and help yourself. And that was the first time that I ever really accepted the fact that I had anxiety and that it was real and that I deserved to get help and that it didn't make me selfish or weak. 
And the sister, the the bishop, uh, not the bishop, the mission president's wife was like, okay, I know that you're strong and I know that you've had this your whole life, I'm assuming. And I, but have you ever, I know you probably like, okay, I've accepted it and whatever, I'll just deal with it. But she's like, have you ever really thought about that? You can still be happy. And I was never really truly happy, I think, until now that I've dealt with anxiety and that I've accepted it and I don't feel dumb about it or or anything and I'm going to therapy for it now and then I you know a few days later I got sent home because I just felt I don't think anyone really knows this part about it but it was physical stuff and mental health stuff and there's a bad connotation with coming home early from your mission from mental health in my head I had it like I will say that I was kind of not judgy about it, but I, when other people came home for mental health, you're like, oh, okay, is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, and it wasn't like a mean way, I just, there's just so many people who came home. You're like, it. come on, tough it out. Yeah, kind of thing. and yeah. and I think it's it stemmed from the fact that I know I had that, and I just, I just was mad that I had it, so I would have that attitude towards it, and so when I got home, and it was for physical and mental illnesses, it was so heartbreaking one to come home early for my mission and two it was the most empowering thing also because I felt like it was okay to help myself and to go to therapy and to talk to people about it and to really try to help myself not overcome anxiety completely where I don't have it anymore it's not like you can change the chemical imbalances in your body but to where I wasn't embarrassed by it and also that I I don't know I've I've just I focus on how I can help myself rather than how I can suppress everything that I've ever felt, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for p- people who don't know, like, if people are like, oh, well, why is it a big deal that you come home? Like, you know, for people who aren't LDS or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I guess it isn't a big deal technically if you come home, but, like, missions are a certain amount of time. So two years for guys and a year and a half for girls. And people will come home for different reasons, whether they get hurt physically or they, like, need surgery or they get sick or for – there's a million reasons why someone could come home from their mission. But you're right. There is this weird negative connotation. When when people come home, it's kind of like, oh, you couldn't stick it out. Like, that's yeah. kind of what mm-hmm. people think in their heads, I think, even though there are so many reasons that people come home and a lot of them are very valid. But yeah. that's just – I want to explain that for anyone who's like, wait, Doesn't what understand. is that even – It shouldn't, it shouldn't yeah. be a huge deal. It's just that it, I don't know, it's looked at. Yeah. yeah. You don't see it as honorable if they come home early. Yeah. That, I think that's the main thing that that's like the, yeah, you like know, you serve an honorable full mission. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah. And I think it's also just when you go, you're in a mindset when you're on your mission because you're, you're not worried about paying bills or anything. You're literally just focused on talking to random people in the street, telling them about Jesus. And so it's going from that state of mind to just being back at home and then having to focus on yourself and you were just focusing on other people all the time. But it was like a beautiful thing that had to happen. It was almost like I had to go on a mission just so God could be like, okay, this is a problem and it's okay. I want you to get help and be okay with having this problem, but I want you to get help and be happy because I was yeah. never really happy because I just suppressed everything that I've ever felt because I felt dumb. Well, and also you can help other people. It's like, I think I've said this before, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you, in order to help other people, you have to help yourself. Yeah. 
you have to feel good. That's so true. After you got home, did you then go to the doctor or like what happened from there? You got actually diagnosed. Like at what point were you like, okay, I have anxiety. I'm diagnosed with this. Have we already talked about this or not? No, she, I mean, she said our moms told her and stuff, but when did you go to the doctor and they were like, yeah, you have anxiety. I mean, when I was younger, I went a few times and they were like, do you have anxiety? And my mom would be like, yeah, she does. And (laughs) they'd be like, okay, well then you're not actually sick. Like whatever, just do this and do yoga and stuff. But then it wasn't until I got home from my mission that I went to the doctor and I like got the endoscopy and colonoscopy. And then I remember my doctor talked to me about the fact that I had, like if I, she was like, do you have anxiety? And I was like, well, I think I do. Like I know I do now. And she's like, okay, why? And I told her some things and she was like, yeah, you definitely do. And it's a chemical imbalance. And I think that's the reason why you have like now ulcerative colitis and stuff where it's like acid reflux all the time because they're so intertwined, your body and your mind. Mm -hmm. So if one thing's not healthy, the other thing's not healthy. And so I think that's when I was diagnosed as actually having anxiety, like a chemical imbalance. So which disorder do you have or just all of them? All of them. (laughs) Awesome. A, B, and C. The whole lot. Amazing. Okay. So you have panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, and just generalized anxiety disorder, correct? Yeah. So what are you doing now to cope with it like you say you're a lot happier now I'm sure it's something obviously you're always going to struggle with but how do you feel like you are moving forward I'm acknowledging the fact that I have it and I'm not as in denial in denial and so I also just I do yoga I and not yoga to distract myself from the fact that I'm emotionally unstable (laughs) but I I do it so I can kind of be like okay I have anxiety and I will have panic attacks today probably and so because when you have panic attacks or anything like that you can't get rid of it like I was at the gym the other day and I was just running and I almost fell off the treadmill because I was all of a sudden just had a panic attack and I just went and laid on the floor and my heart was pounding and I was freaking out but then when you have anxiety you know you have anxiety and so you're like, okay, I'm not going to die. You just have to physically out loud say you're not going to die. You're going to be fine. Just like keep breathing and this will pass. And it does. So it takes a lot of practice kind of yeah, to like it, start to cope with anxiety. It's not just something that's like, okay, now I realize yeah. that it's gone. It's like you have to literally practice self-talk and Yeah, so it's coping. not like there's a way to really prevent panic attacks and anxiety stuff. It's just... When it happens, you recognize it because you've had it your whole life. And so you know the symptoms. Like when I feel numb, I'd always feel numb. And I still do this. And I always feel my pulse, like on my left hand. I just am constantly feeling my pulse because it's subconsciously letting me know that I'm alive still, which sounds really dumb, but it eases my anxiety. So it's just small things that I recognize when I'm having a panic attack or when I'm being, or when I have anxious thoughts or whatever or I get really sweaty or my heart starts beating really fast or I feel like the room is spinning there's just certain things that you tell yourself in your mind and every morning you just kind of it's like affirmation sentences basically which is good for anything but with anxiety it's it's very 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 helpful yeah because you're not lying to yourself you're just like this will happen and this is happening and yes your heart is being beating really fast and yes you're numb but you're not gonna die you're gonna be fine 
So what would you tell someone who is going through anxiety and hasn't really coped with it and is kind of just not realizing like, shoot, I have an actual anxiety disorder? Like what would be your first piece of advice for them? Being able to not feel bad that they have it and not be embarrassed when people call them weak or whatever or dramatic, that that's not what you are. Start writing down your symptoms. And so when you have these thoughts and these feelings and your body does certain things, if sometimes when I panic, my hand flies up to my face, like I said before, it's just you feel like everything's moving around you. So if you feel like you have these symptoms, acknowledge it and and know that you're not going to die. And And so when it happens again, you can tell yourself this has happened before hundreds of times. I'm not going to oh, die yeah. and I'm going to get through it. Everything is going to be fine. And so I think just recognizing that you do have anxiety and that you're not crazy because I always thought I was so crazy, but you're not crazy. You just have anxiety disorder, which is a chemical imbalance in your body where... Yeah, and that you can get help for it. Yeah. It's something that you can... And that therapy works. It does. I attest to that. Do you feel like anxiety, the fact that you have anxiety has made dating hard or harder? Yes. (laughs) I do. Um, it's it's not that I get in my head because it's not like I overthink. That's not really what anxiety necessarily means. It just means you're a human and probably a female. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say probably a girl. Um, it's more so just randomly. I, I don't like physical touch. That freaks me out. And so I just avoid being... I don't know. I just don't like the pressure of going on dates because right when I get in the car, I'm automatically – they can't tell because I'm really good at hiding it. So no one really knows. Not everyone knows, but no <laughs> one really knows that I have anxiety. But every time I'm about to go on a date or I'm in the car and I'm going somewhere, I automatically am panicking inside. And so I almost get super awkward automatically. But I think that's something just because I've gone on like lots of dates now because I'm older and so I've – can we I, just stop and say that Abby gets out on so many freaking dates? Like an uncanny amount. Like we would be in Utah and I'd be like, oh, who are you going out with tonight? And she's like, oh, this guy. And I'm like, oh, same guy's last night. She's like, no, um, it's another guy. And I'm like, awesome. oh, my gosh. Well, and then that's like, good, though. No, like people ask her out like crazy. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, Abby, you got to start saying no. I don't think you can even – keep up with all I can't keep up with the names of them I'm like oh it's this person you're like and eh, no it's this guy <laughs> oh my gosh that is so funny <clears throat> I can't keep up either I'm just kidding <laughs> cut that out the guys the guys you're like currently dating they're like awesome awesome <laughs> so but it hasn't like stopped you from going out on dates it's not like oh I literally can't because I'm gonna freak out it's more just like no I feel with- like you're you know it's probably gonna like you're gonna get a little anxious but it's not gonna stop you from like actually dating Yeah, I think, honestly, one-on-one is so much easier when you have any kind of social anxiety because it's less social. I I feel like it's Mm -hmm. more just personable Mm -hmm. instead of the pressure of a group of people. We're all going to do this. Yeah, and so I hate group dates, but now it's not that bad when I go on single dates because I feel like it's easier. But when I'm about to go to a party or just hang out with a group of people, that's when I, like, I don't want to go. Like, I've... I say I remember in high school I'd say no all the time to hanging out with people because I just wanted to stay home and hang with my brothers. Also because they're funnier than any high school I've ever met, <laughs> but mostly just because I didn't want 
to have panic or just have to worry about that. So I would just stay home when I was comfortable. So, um, but then earlier when you said you would go to parties to, to um, distract, distract myself. yourself. So contradicting yourself. <laughs> I'm kidding. Gotcha. No, I just think was that like different times in life or like, I don't know. It's mostly just when I, I would panic before, but then I would go, this was mostly like junior, senior year of high school where I was like, that's when I really felt embarrassed that I had anxiety because I'm like, I'm a high schooler. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah. That's when, it's kind of just different times, but that's when I would go to parties all the time. And all my friends can attest to this. I love to party and I mean, not like, you know, party, party, yeah. um, not actual real party, <laughs> but I, it was distracting because it was fun and I didn't have to. It was mostly just music. When there was music, I was fine. Yeah. Because there was like something else going too. on. Yeah. But when it was like a game night, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I even remember inviting you. If there's like a group of girls and I'm like, hey, you want to come? You're like, mm-hmm. no. I'm out. Yeah, that still stresses you me friends. out. Girls are scary. <laughs> I feel oh, that yeah. makes sense. You probably just relate. I'm like, you relate more to boys than <laughs> men. <laughs> well, no, I actually, I feel that because you know how people make fun of the girls that are like, I just like boys because they're not drama. Yeah. And the girls are like rolling their eyes. I get that to a point because like we did grow up with so many brothers that I feel like I understand boys more. Yeah. Yeah. And their humor. Because it was just me and Abby girls and like we weren't really that like girly girlish. I mean, kind of growing up. I was more so girly girl than you were, but I just understand boys more. Yeah. I I get them. Whereas, well, I don't really get them, but (laughs) I try to. But I, I do more so than if I grew up with, like, a bunch of older sisters or something. Yeah. No, that makes but. sense. Um, okay, any last any last words? <laughs> <laughs> now Abby is going to school to be a yoga teacher. Right? Yes. <laughs> you just look at me with, <laughs> like, like blank eyes. supposed to say yes to that. That's so fun. That's exciting. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I'm you're going to be so good at that. Even when I'm in, in yoga sometimes, I always try and force you to, like, Take me through a yoga flow. I know, like and I home. feel awkward because it's me and her. I'm like, Abby, f- take me through a flow. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I'm in yoga class, I'm like, Abby would be good at this. Yeah, no, that'll be really cool. How it's, long is like the schooling or whatever for it? Like, what do you have to do to get? It's certified? only like five months. So you just have to go like four hours every day for however many weeks, five months, and then you can teach anywhere. That's so cool. I yeah, feel like yeah. that's a very good job for me <laughs> well yeah that and also i just feel like even the schooling because i'm sure you're gonna be doing yoga a ton yeah and it's like that's so good for your mental health yeah and yeah and well it's so. something that's has been your one of your favorite ways to cope with your anxiety and now that you're, you're teaching it yeah good karma i yeah. think it just i think the blessing of having anxiety and any kind of mental health or problems with anything is just you are so much more empathetic towards people because you get what can be going on in your mind. And so mm-hmm. you never, I'm never quick to judge, no matter like what, if they're like twitching uncontrollably, they're either on crack cocaine yeah. or, <laughs> like or they just have anxiety or something weird. So I think that's a major blessing is I feel like I can relate to almost anyone and I can empathize even if I don't necessarily understand their situation. I just feel like that's a major blessing is you just, it helps me love people more and I'm more I feel like I can get people more. Does that make yeah. sense? I like the um saying acceptance is letting go of your side of the story. So when you accept people, it's yeah. not just like knowing exactly how they feel, but it's letting go of whatever your story is about them. Because mm-hmm. it's probably 
not 100% true. not right. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's been a f- huge theme on our podcast with most every guest yeah. we've had is like they've all said that just what you said it makes them love people more like you have to go through hard things in order to understand other people's pain it makes you so much more empathetic and it softens your and heart and it softens your heart yeah and even just like i think hearing other people's like this podcast for me has oh, been yeah. i feel way less judgmental than even when i started because it like opens your eyes to everyone has this story and i don't know yeah well even just hearing that like i didn't I mean, I knew you had anxiety growing up, but I didn't understand. makes me feel very guilty that I was so mean to you. No, really, growing up, I feel really bad that... (laughs) But, like, it makes me happy that you've... I've physically seen you be a more outgoing... Because it would be so frustrating to me when I was growing up. You wouldn't go on a ride, and I'd be like, Abby, come on, like, it's fun. You wouldn't go on a roller coaster ride or something. Or you wouldn't be yourself when we'd go out and hang out with people. And I'd be like, no, guys, she's so fun, I promise. And then you'd come and be, like, silent. Even just hearing you say that, like, it really does open my eyes to more people that have anxiety because I never really understood. Yeah. Honestly, until right now. Like, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I understood kind of, but hearing someone who's actually gone through it and all that stuff, so. I forgive you. (laughs) This podcast is changing lives. (laughs) Bringing families together. Well, Abby, thank you so much for sharing all that and being vulnerable, like, being vulnerable is hard, but I think it's also very powerful and it can help a lot of people. That's something that we've talked about a million times on this podcast. So we appreciate it. Also, I'm like, this is a different side thing, but I feel like I have in my head been like, I probably have anxiety. And now that I hear that, I'm like, okay, I need to chill (laughs) because I don't know. I've had little things where I'm like, I just feel very anxious, but I'm Uh like, I mean, maybe, and I know there's lots of different degrees. So it's like, maybe I do have it to a small degree or something, but I know like when you feel something and then someone else is like, I have anxiety, like I'm anxious. And you said it's just nervousness. You're like, okay, no, you do not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, so I've definitely never felt that like to that degree of what you're explaining, but I don't know. It just opened my eyes because I feel like yeah. a lot of times I'm like, I have anxiety or something because mm-hmm. I'll get very like about certain things, but anyway. like overwhelmed, overwhelmed easily. Yeah. But, okay. So, um, anyway. Abby, that's a tradition for you to say. And that's what we said with us at the very end of the Do podcast. Do I have to? She's like, I'm anxious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we said. <laughs> it just goes silent from her microphone. She doesn't talk to us. And we're like, and I'm sorry. <laughs> i break down. Um, Okay, so like we say every time, if you want to follow us on any social media, it's what we said podcast. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. We got Twitter. We got Twitter. YouTube. Do we get on our Twitter? No. Chelsea, that's your job. I'm like, you're fine. (laughs) No, well, you made the account. You made the account, and I don't know the password. And then someone tweeted and tagged us. I'm like, our Twitter probably has activity that we don't even know about. I check it every once in a while. It doesn't have that much activity. All right. Well, well, we'll just cut this part out. All right. Well, I got a lot of editing to do. Email us your stories or anything you want. Comments, questions, anything to hello at what we said podcast.com. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. As long as it's nice. Remember to be nice. Remember to be very positive. Five star review. Thank you so much. everyone. Abby's actually. Wow. Abby's very positive. It just sounds good on the microphone. In person, it doesn't sound that good. So we love you guys as always. And that's That's what we said. Bye.